There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by you, the listener. Thanks to every single one of you, including Philip Less, Daniel Dorado, Howard Yermish, and Stephen Radke. On this episode of DTNS, Facebook's going to start charging? Can that be true? A new way to protect your identity online and why your attitude towards AI changes how it responds to you. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Slytherin, I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Wait, are you House Slytherin, Sarah? Today I am. Today you are. What are you, you going to do about it, Tom? I'm just, well, I would not mess with a Slytherin, first of all. Second of all, uh, I just, I didn't there know if go. that was like you took the house test thing and that was how you identify no, I, just, I just feel slytherin today it's just a vibe yeah no i got it's you. a vibe yeah, yeah. it's kind of taco vibe. tuesday slytherin kind of stuff i think i might know i might know what causes that vibe or vibe <laughs> either one uh the sam bankman freed trial <laughs> that's probably what it is yeah. sbf given those slytherin <laughs> vibes uh yeah the the the, tri- yeah. the SBF trial over fraud accusations over FTX has started. Let's see what else you need to know in the quick hits. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission has begun cracking down on violations of orbital rules in an attempt to combat space junk. Yeah, that's stuff up in space that is considered junk. Dish Network gets the dubious honor of receiving the first fine of $150,000 for failing to move an old satellite far enough away from other satellites. Dish admitted liability over its Echo Star 7 satellite and agreed to a compliance plan with the FCC. I just realized this is the first space parking ticket. You can't park yeah. your dead satellite here. You can't, it's like yeah. putting your dead satellite up on on blocks. You can't do right. that. It's not allowed. Yeah, you got a boot on your car. The okay. FCC is like the HOA. It's like, you, you can't do that. That's a fine. There you go. Uh, one ongoing theme in tech news these days is the diversification of manufacturing away from China. We've covered a lot of companies moving plants to places like India, Vietnam, very frequently. But here are a couple of less commonly mentioned locations. HMD Global, which makes phones under the Nokia brand, launched its first smartphone manufactured in Hungary. It's the 5G Nokia XR21. 
Now, metals and components were still shipped in from China, but making the phone, assembling it all, and finishing it in Europe helped avoid problems with security laws. In fact, that's one of the reasons that this is the XR21 5G. The earlier XR21 is still made in China. Another location that has to ship in all its materials is SpaceForge's Forge Star 1, set for launch to orbit late this year or early 2024. The satellite contains an automated chemistry lab for the development of semiconductor alloys. Now, this version will only test the process, but they do have plans for future versions if the tests go well that would have the system able to return chips it makes to Earth for use. Apple now requires new apps to show proof of a Chinese government license before the app becomes available on the Chinese version of Apple's App Store. Developers now have to submit an Internet Content Provided, or ICP, filing when they publish new apps. This change brings the company in line with its local rivals, which adopted the policy some years ago to meet Chinese state regulations. OnePlus has its own foldable phone coming out. Its parent company, Oppo also has a foldable phone coming out. They're the same phone. Uh, At least that's what OnePlus told The Verge. Oppo Chief Product Officer Peter Lau, who co-founded OnePlus, oversaw the development of the phone, which will be marketed under different brands in different markets. GSM Arena recently reported that they think the names will be the Oppo Find N3, which would be sold in China, and the OnePlus Open, which would be sold internationally, uh, though that's just speculation. None of that is yet confirmed. It sound, sounded silly to me, but then I thought, you know, think of all the, you know, apparel lines where it's all the same yeah. thing. Yeah, or the house brands labels. of something where you're like, oh, that's exactly. the same evaporated milk. It's just in a different can. Google will begin a new email policy starting in 2024 to combat spam. Any sender who delivers more than 5,000 messages per day to Gmail users must offer one-click unsubscribe options and also configure their systems to authenticate that they are not spoofing their domain name. Fire letters will be blocked if they're found anyway. Google said Yahoo uh, made the same changes for its email service as well. So, you know, it's just kind of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, Yahoo's going to take the filters from Google and they're, they're going to cooperate on this. So it's, it's, it's good for everybody. Less spam for all. Yeah. Now, for years, Sarah, we were able to say that if somebody was sending you spam, saying Facebook is soon going to charge playing on your fears that it was probably a scam email and you could safely ignore it. But apparently not anymore. What's going on? Yeah. uh, Boy, have I, have I uh, talked some folks off the ledge saying this is not true. This is not happening. And it still isn't in that sense, but here is what's happening. The wall street journal sources say that last month, Meta presented a plan to European regulators to comply with European Union rules that require platforms to get user consent before targeting them with ads. If a user doesn't give consent, the platforms still have to offer the service. They can't just make you pay. Meta's plan would let users who consent to personalize ads continue to use the service for free. Those who don't consent would have to pay a fee. How much are we talking about, though, Tom? Yeah, so uh, the rate would be around 10 euros a month uh, on the desktop. Uh, on mobile, because the app stores, both Google and Apple, take a cut, they would charge 13 euros. Uh, and then if you have a Facebook plan, you could add an additional account for six euros per account. Uh, at least that's what the sources are saying. None of this has been officially announced. Meta apparently called the plan SNA for subscription with no ads. 
And this all follows a July court decision that said social media platforms who were telling were not getting consent for personalized ads could charge a reasonable fee to those people who wanted to continue to use the service but didn't want the personalized ads. Last month, Meta reported that European revenue was around $6 per user per month across all its apps and services. Uh, so that's below what they're charging. 10 euros a month is somewhere around 8 or $9. Uh, but the $6 per user per month includes all European countries in Facebook's market, not just EU countries. Uh, so it includes Russia, for example, where Facebook makes less money on ads. Uh, so we don't know exactly what the average is in Europe, but it might be closer to 10 euros a month. The questions here are whether this is legal, right? Uh, I know the court said it's a reasonable fee, but that that wasn't a legal ruling. That was just kind of a, a, a commentary that they said. Uh, we still haven't tested that in court. And whether it's fair to require someone to pay in order not to be targeted when Meta could technically offer a free ad-supported service that just doesn't target you, doesn't personalize the ads. Oh, <laughs> imagine a world where Meta did something as nice as that. So before the show, you know, I, I was, you know, my my knee jerk response was like, well, but lots of companies offer either an ad supported free option or certainly a greatly reduced option, or you pay to have the more sort of premium uh, 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 offering. Yeah, and, Spotify and, does uh, it. YouTube does it. Lots of news sites sure, in Europe sure. do it. Like it's it's fairly common. Exactly. And you rightly pointed out, Tom, yeah, but in those cases, or in many cases, maybe not everyone, but uh, in those cases, that content has to be licensed by the company. So the company is kind of eating the costs, where most of anything that you see on Meta is just social network generated. It's just, you know, people who are certainly not getting paid to say, hey, I had a really great day today with my family. Here's some photos kind of thing. Uh, And... I, you know, when I think of it that way, I go, hmm, interesting. I don't think that unless the hand was forced to the point where Meta simply had to legally offer a free option to users that was not ad supported, but also did not make them pay. And I don't really see that happening, uh, even though we're, we're laying out something that floated by the EU, you know, for specific EU laws in this case. I don't, I don't know how that would ever work. I also, I just, Meta has such a, has such an optics problem right now for, for a lot of folks that were on the platform for a really long time that now have other options. They might be, you know, aging out of some of the content that's still there to say, well, hey, if you don't like ads and you don't want to be targeted, $10 a month or the equivalent, you know, you know, in euros, that's that's insane to me. I would just stop using it. Well, why is but that's also a, because I'm why, not like a Why is 10 euros a month ahead. insane? I know it's insane compared to 0 euros a month, but you pay that exact amount for lots of other services. 10 euros seems know, to be like, that's what you pay for Spotify. That's what you pay for YouTube premium. That's what you pay for and I, all this stuff. Like, uh, yeah, I guess what I'm arguing think, is if it's too much, then people will just not use Facebook. Like if you really want to use Facebook that bad, right. To where people are saying, well, it's unfair to charge them because they have to use it. 
and they don't want to get their only choice is to either get personalized ads or pay. There's also the choice mm. of not using Facebook. Now, the argument runs there is that, yes, but there aren't any other competitors to Facebook that are equivalent, uh, at which point I, I feel like the assumption here is like, well, obviously everyone has to use Facebook and it's a monopoly because there aren't anything there isn't anything else like Facebook. But I question that. Like, but but do is we, that do we but, have I to mean, use Facebook? Well, yeah, that's kind of where I was going with this, too, is if it comes down to well, okay, I'm not going to pay. And so I can't use Facebook. And how, you know, how am I adversely impacted by this? Well, totally depends on who you are. I'm not going to speak for anybody but myself. I don't use Facebook all that much. So it's like, I just wouldn't use it. I mean, I'm barely there anyway. But if you're listening to this saying, well, I'm there a lot, you know, that's where all my people are. That's, you know, where I, you know, buy and sell goods and, you know, and find, you know, cool, uh, you know, cool stories from my social graph, like all of that. I don't want to diminish that if, if this is the place that you want to be. Um, I also think that there's some workarounds when it comes to being tracked online, but of course not everybody either knows how to, or even cares to, uh, use some of that stuff. So, I guess it's an okay option. I just can't see it catching on that much. I, I, again, I, I, I still, I still stick on the idea that, like, well, if it's worth that much to you, is it worth ten euros? Like, maybe it is worth ten euros if you're like, no, but I have to be on Facebook. If ten euros is too much, well, what about five euros? I feel like the argument is, no, I want it to remain free. I just don't want it to change. And what Facebook is saying is we won't make enough money on the ads that aren't targeted to make it worth our while. So we are going to give you two options. Either get personalized ads, in which case we're making enough money to give it free, or give us the equivalent. Now, we can argue all day long about whether 10 euros is the equivalent or not, but I, I don't know if that's the government's job to set the price. I don't know if it's the court's job to set the price. It should be the market's job to set that price. Uh, and I the only way to let that happen would be to let Facebook try to charge 10 euros and see if people quit. Uh, I I think where my argument falls down bites. Is, you know, is they that, might get a lot of signups. Is that a lot of people will just not pay and let themselves be tracked because they're not thinking that hard about it. And I think that's where a lot of critics go is like, yes, but for people's own good, we should force Facebook to give them another option. Well, and I think Facebook has the um, <laughs> not great distinction of being a place where uh, perhaps more than anywhere else, I don't know, maybe X uh, is in the running at this point, you know, for a lot of people to say, well, you know, they're going to take your DNA unless you pay, you know, because that's, you know, that, that is sort of the, you know, the, the one side of the, you know, the, um, uh, conspiracy theory thing that's been going on on Facebook for years. This has always been like a weird strange uh urban legend that's been floating around oh they're gonna make you pay unless you like you know say this specific sentence and post it to your feed and then make 10 of your friends post the same thing you know it kind of feeds into something that i think is going to turn into a misinformation thing for a lot of people should it go forward but yeah honestly on its surface you want to pay for no ads no tracking great you don't? Okay, you have another option. Yeah, and it's not going to happen outside of the EU. That That's fairly clear from right. Wall Street Journal sources. Yeah, so 
you know, even if you're listening to this saying shakes fist, uh, it very well may not apply to you. Rest easy, now Australians. You're fine. There you go. <laughs> uh, yesterday, we noted Android authorities report that code indicated that TikTok might offer also offer monthly subscriptions in the U.S. for $4.99 for ad-free experiences. TikTok has clarified to TechCrunch it's testing the feature in a single English language market outside the U.S. Didn't say which one. Yeah, but so it's not but happening it's testing in the U.S. It. Yeah. Um, That's right. Not right certain, now. And not happening in the EU then, because I don't think there's an English language market in the EU right now. Uh, TechCrunch notes that New York-based company called Cloaked, like like a cloak, C-L-O-A-K, uh, is out of private beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what they give you, Sarah. For 10 bucks a month, <laughs> close to the price of Facebook. <laughs> Uh, for 10 bucks a month or $100 a year, <laughs> right. Cloaked lets users create multiple identities of different email addresses, usernames, password, and phone numbers that can be used at different websites. It works as a Chrome plugin, a web app, and on Android and iOS apps. It can not only relay emails to your real address. Lots of services like this uh, uh, do that, where they're like, we'll give them a fake address and then anything to that address will relay to you. It can also act as your inbox. If you don't even want the stuff to from a particular source to even hit your, your Gmail or your Yahoo mail or whatever, you can use Cloaked as the inbox, as the endpoint. In the United States, you can even create virtual phone numbers since Cloaked is a phone company. Uh, they... They created themselves as, a, as an MVNO, basically. So they are working with a tier one carrier and have phone numbers that they will route for you. And it acts as a password manager, too. So if you're using that Chrome extension, it can enter your passwords. It can even enter your second factor codes. It can handle your, your multi-factor authentication and enter those codes for you. Uh, and they say customer data is stored in separate encrypted databases from everything else uh, to try to keep what happened to LastPass from happening to them. Um, there's mm-hmm. lots of other interesting things about how this works, uh, Sarah, but but just on the surface there, uh, what do you think? Well, at first, I <laughs> I was sort of like, oh, all right, well, I... I do a fair amount of obfuscating my email address anyway, um, you know, depending on, you know, uh, you know, where, uh, who I'm working with. Um, and then, you know, there's sort of like the, the kind of people who are used to Google voice, um, or, you know, Apple, uh, allowing you to use, you know, the, an email that isn't actually your email and Apple will read it to you. And I asked a friend, what do you think? Does this, this does, you know, the price point seem good. And they said, is this not different from pseudo? I use pseudo for this already. And I have for some time. I, and I looked at the, you know, the um, kind of the price point and the feature list of both. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, Cause this is kind of new to me. I don't hate this idea. Uh, I think you probably, if you are a cloaked user, you know, you mentioned LastPass, Tom, you need to really trust that the company uh, it, it has has its wits together as far as uh, keeping all of your information safe. Now, not to say that LastPass doesn't, uh, but things happen. We know that things happen. So, you know, that would kind of be my first question is like, all right, well, how much do you trust this company that you may not have worked with Yeah, before? I would like to, to see some vetting on them before I signed up for it. Um, I'm not familiar with Sudo. Is it S-U-D-O or P-S-E-U-D-O? S-U-D-O, Yeah. 
Um, because from what I've seen, uh, cloaked is is taking a lot of things that other folks do and wrapping it up in in one uh, service across multiple uh, places in a way that I hadn't seen before. It looks like sudo. Uh, you get a phone handle a f- you, that does phone, uh, email browser, and virtual credit card for ninety nine cents a month. So it's it's much cheaper. I th- I'm going to guess what Cloaked is trying to say is we're a phone company, so we're doing the phone numbers yeah. ourselves. Uh, Pseudo may or may not be doing that. I, I don't know. And and I think they're trying, I think they're offering more ways to use it with the with the web app and the and the Chrome plugin, etc. Uh, but yeah, Pseudo looks pretty interesting as well. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got to say, all comes down to the price point. Uh, if this is something that you can part with $10 a month for, and it makes you feel more, se- well, not just feel more secure, be more secure and private, I think it's great. I'm, I'm totally into this. I don't really feel like I have a need for this, uh, personally. And that's probably just because <laughs> I'm used to my data being collected and getting lots of spam email. Uh, and I just sort of try to circumvent that the best way I can. But this would be, I guess, probably the the best way to kind of say, like, I declare uh, data bankruptcy and we're going to start over and, and, and build something, you know, based on something that Cloaked is offering. $100 a year. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like a lot to me. It does. Yeah, especially when you compare it to Sudo, which I'm just learning about now as we speak. Uh, apologies for that audience. Uh, but but this is this is something that's much more competitively priced and offers things that, that Cloaked is not offering yet. Um, you know, th- things like credit cards that they want to offer. Uh, one of the interesting things Cloaked is doing to protect your privacy is using one phone number for multiple people's. So because they are a phone company, they can do that. They can route the calls and say, well, when the origin of the message is uh, 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 um, associated with this account, we'll send that phone number's call to that that person's phone. It's like a party line, basically. The idea is to prevent aggregators from deducing who you are by aggregating data around a particular number. Even if they don't have all of your data, they have all the data associated with that number. But this kind of so-called data poisoning uh, will mean that people who aren't you are related to that number. And so that data becomes worthless because it's multiple people. Uh, I... I would wonder what would happen the first time that goes wrong and they route a call to the wrong person, though, because that's that's going to be pretty mm-hmm. deadly for a privacy protecting organization. So I'm not sure how bulletproof that kind of system is or isn't. Indeed. Well, for all you Android users out there, we got a show for you called Android Faithful, hosted by Ron Richards and Huentui Dao. Android Faithful is a podcast devoted exclusively to Android news and information. You can catch it Tuesday live, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, watch it live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Daily Tech News Show, uh, or subscribe to it right now at www.androidfaithful.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Well, your expectations and beliefs about a chatbot might affect how you talk to it, thus affecting its responses Back to you. Scientists at MIT and Arizona State University told users that a language model was either empathetic or neutral or manipulative. So, Tom, what did they find? Yeah. So if they told the bot, uh, if they told people that the bot was empathetic, those people gave it a higher rating uh, than the people they told the bot was manipulative. And remember, they got the exact same bot. This is all their perception. 44% of those told it was manipulative, though, rated it as malicious, whereas 88% of those told it was empathetic rated it as empathetic, and 79% of those who were told it's neutral rated it as neutral. So in other words, being told it was manipulative didn't affect your opinion into thinking it was malicious as much as being told it was empathetic or neutral affected your opinions of those. And those who believed it was empathetic became more positive in their interactions with it over time. And remember, with these large language models, how you say things to it affects how it says things back to you. The opposite was true as well. If you were told it was manipulative, you started to be more upset with it faster and therefore changed Mm -hmm. how it responded to you. Uh, These results are published. They are peer-reviewed. They're in the Nature Machine Intelligence Journal, if you want to take a look at them. Um, But what do we do with this? The authors suggested some ideas, but I don't know, Sarah, what do you think? I was trying to, you know, my my first comparison is always like, well, if I'm at a dinner party and someone's being manipulative, but it's like, okay, but that's not how you're interacting with a chatbot for the most part. Also, this is the chatbots are acting the same way to everybody, right? You're just told to expect something like it's going to be manipulative or, oh, no, it's going to be really nice to you. Exactly. I guess if I was, you know, if I'm going toward some treasure trove of data, like a library, for example, you know, if I had some sort of library bot that 
for some reason I thought was being manipulative. It's like, is it because you want me to buy a book or, well, it's a library. So not even a good comparison. I can't really think of a real case scenario. To your dinner party example, it's not you're at a dinner party and somebody starts acting manipulative. It's you go to a dinner party and your friend goes, that guy over there is really manipulative, right? And you, then you start to expect it. Versus if right. your friend said, oh, that guy over there is so nice, the guy could act the exact same. Well, and manipulative is a funny is a funny term, right? And by the way, I that's mean, a, the term if, I if, decided to use to describe this. It's not actually the way they described it to the users here, too. So keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. But if I knew, okay, so guy at dinner party over at the you know, other side of the room is, you know, running a, a horse rescue organization and is manipulating me into like giving him money. It's like, that's not necessarily something I would consider malicious. Uh, it might be something that influences me. Manipulation isn't always, you're a bad person type thing, or you're a bad bot. Well, yeah. Uh, I think, but the, you know, a, a lot of this... It, for the study's sake, yeah. I'm just using the word manipulative and maybe I should have picked a different word because because for the study's sake, it was like, expect this chatbot to be mean to you and expect this chatbot to be nice to you is kind of the sense of it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think if you were to say, hey, Sarah, uh, this per- you know, person C, you know, we're A, B, person C is not going to be all that great to you. You know, just know that going in. Um, you know, I might have my guard up, I guess. And I think that, uh, the, the, you know, whether it's a bot or a human, we sort of, if we have information like that going into any scenario, we might feel the same way. Doesn't necessarily mean that what you get out of it is going to be negative, though. And and that's, uh, I think that's kind of where the interesting part of this is, is if, People say, yeah, well, you know, it's a mean bot. So, you know, anything they say, grain of salt type thing. I mean, you can say that about so many situations where you don't necessarily come out of it any worse off. Yeah. What, what, I, what I found fascinating about the study is that uh, it, it showed that we are willing to believe the best uh, because mm. when we were told, hey, this is going to be real nice to you. 88% rated it as nice. Same exact bot, by the way. Let me let me just reemphasize that. Doing the same exact thing. Uh, answering the same exact questions. Uh, when we were told it was malicious or mean, 44% rated it as malicious. So people were less likely to want to believe that the thing was malicious. And another thing that I want to point out is half of the groups across all three categories, right? So within each category that they divided up, they had 310 people. They divided them up into you know groups of around 100, 100 or so. Uh, half of each of the groups got a GPT-3 model. Half of them got Eliza, that 60s era chatbot that is very mechanical, uh, and and they mm-hmm. they basically uh, said that there was a lot more reaction to the GPT three models here, which I, I, I think you might expect, uh, because the GPT three model can react in a way that Eliza can't. The GPT three model, yeah. when you started, well, I expect this thing to be mean, so I'm going to be defensive. It changed the way the GPT three model reacted to you. Um, so so the upshot here that the that's real manipulation. But the, the upshot here <laughs> that the authors are saying is. If 
if the you know based on what they want see and they want to do longer studies to see if it it lasts or if it was just temporary uh the way we think about a large language model when we go into interacting with it is going to change how it responds to us and so how a company pitches it when you log on, what you've heard mm-hmm. about them in the media is is going to affect what kind of responses you get from these these chatbots. I mean, honestly, you know, I'm not talking to a chatbot currently on a daily basis. Uh, besides, you know, research purposes, certainly, um, you know, but I still think of sort of like, you know, uh, I was about to say her name, uh, Amazon's assistant type thing who I do interact with on a daily basis throughout the day, every single day of my life. Uh, you know, just imagine if I thought that she was not very nice to me, you know, how things would change when I yeah, asked no, it's her a to great, look up something on Safari. It's a great example. Those those voice assistants, even though they're not large language models, right, they're, they're a little bit less uh, sophisticated. We ascribe tone to them when they frustrate us, even though their tone never changes. It's always the same tone every time. No. Yeah. yeah it's always like, Oh, that was that helpful. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, patrons uh, stick around for the extended show. Good day. Internet. There are a few more AI stories kicking around uh, that we're going to talk about, including the fact that watermarks just don't work yet. Oh boy. Just a reminder though, you can catch the show live Monday through Friday. DTNS is live 4 p.m. Eastern, 2000 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We're back tomorrow talking about the Pixel 8 announcement with Android Faithful's Michelle Raman. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.